Hello and welcome to Hamsa Holistic Healing and Ayurveda Podcast. I'm your host, Sherry, and I welcome you to episode number 20, where I speak with chef, restaurant owner, and business coach Marcus Giuliano on the role that processed foods play in leading to chronic illnesses like obesity, diabetes, and many more. We'll talk about it next. Hello and welcome to Hamsa Holistic Healing and Ayurveda Podcast. I'm your host, Sherry, and it is my deepest desire to journey with you down the path to better health, mind, body, and spirit through the practice of mindfulness and spiritual awakening. Here in the sacred space, we will examine how the practice of higher consciousness and self-awareness can actually lead us to an optimal state of physical and spiritual health. We will talk about the various ways to increase our awareness and support one another along this beautiful journey. Thank you for being here and welcome. This episode is sponsored by the International Institute of Ayurveda. IIA is based in Northern California and Tuscany, Italy, offering both Ayurvedic education and clinical Ayurveda. For those interested in pursuing a career in Ayurveda, the Certified Ayurvedic Practitioner course begins in January 2022. This 1,500-hour, two-year intensive training is capped at 10 students to ensure that our future practitioners are given individualized mentorship and guidance by some of Ayurveda's top professionals today. For inquiries regarding either the school or the clinic, please email reception at iiayurveda.com. That's reception at iiayurveda.com. I am so excited to introduce my guest, Chef Marcus Giuliano, owner of Aromatime Bistro in Ellenville, New York, which is the most awarded restaurant in the Hudson Valley. Chef Marcus, along with his wife, Jamie, opened Aromatime in 2003. It was the first restaurant to be green certified in upstate New York. Marcus has authored two books. He and Jamie are travel consultant entrepreneurs and business coaches. Good morning, Marcus. Good morning. Welcome back to the podcast. Glad to be back. Yeah, it's good to see you. Happy New Year and all that business. Happy New Year, yes. <laughs> so this is such an important topic. I feel um, I wanted to start the topic with um, some, some stats, some staggering, frightening stats. So the U.S. ranks ninth in life expectancy among nations in the developed world. We have a workforce plagued with absenteeism and reduced productivity because of chronic health problems, including depression. 78% of healthcare expenditures are the, for the treatment of chronic diseases, such as diabetes and heart disease, which are directly related to obesity, poor diet, and lack of exercise. And diabetes has reached epidemic proportions in many populations. Current estimates suggest that the number of persons with diabetes will reach 300 million by 2025. That's three years from now. In the U.S. alone, 34 million Americans have diabetes. That is one in 10 people. And the majority of these patients will have type 2 diabetes, which most often develops in people over age 45, and more and more children and teens are developing it. So I have to say, wow, we need to stop in our tracks and really let those statistics sink in for a moment, because we need to start asking ourselves the question, what the heck is going on here? And how are we going to address this and stop this dow downward spiral of bad health and suffering and turn it around. So I'm actually shocked that we're in the top 10. Mm. Blood expectancy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Really shocked. And I think that's only because they keep us alive. 
and mm. they learned they learned to keep us alive longer. We die earlier and live longer. Right. And we've all know friends, relatives, you know, that their quality of life is just diminished, even though we've kept them alive. The system, the system has kept them alive for longer, but they just don't have a quality of life. And exactly. um, it's a shame. But other countries, you know, that are developed nations are, you know, kicking our butt. They yeah. are just, you know, they, they, and it's not that they have it figured out. They just don't bow down to the food manufacturers and the big pharma and, and, you know, and, and they demand better food. They demand better workplace. They demand better um, mental health, more time off, you know? So it's never one silver bullet, right? It's the whole thing. And other places just have more of the whole thing. Yeah. Here in uh, America. So true. So true. Consciousness plays a big part in this, that if you don't ask the questions, if you don't, if you're not even aware that you're taking in all this processed food, high fructose corn syrup, to name one big, huge one, and just processed in every way. If you don't ask the question, if you're not aware, then you just keep on that course not even looking left nor right. And it's just an acceptable part of your, of your life and your existence. Right. Right. People just think, oh, well, it's in my food. It's okay. The government's protecting me. Why would it be in the food if it was unsafe? Somebody's obviously watching out and there's an FDA and USDA and there's this and this and this. So why would this stuff ever be in my food is, you know, they just trust. They're like, well, if, farmed salmon was bad they wouldn't be doing it so it must be okay and then some will think like oh you want farmed salmon because you want them to give them antibiotics so the fish aren't sick <laughs> so you know it's <laughs> but here's here's the one statistic that i think is shocking this is really a a, a, a it really hits the nail on the head mm. if you look up how much of our income we actually spend towards food in america we spend something like six cents. This is pre-inflation and stuff, but like a few years ago, it was six cents or six percent. Six percent. Canada was eight or nine percent, and you go up to some countries, it's 30, 40 percent of their income goes to food. Mm. And sure, their income is less, but however, we always say, "Well, I can't afford this. I can't afford that." Well, if you're in a, a third-world country, and you're only making a few hundred bucks a month, and you're spending. 30% on food, you could sure spend a lot more food in America. Uh, with your salary with the, with what we have here, um, with the ability to grow things mm -hmm. and with the ability to find the stuff and research it, you could spend more than 6% of your income on food and honor yourself and, Absolutely. and live better. Yes. And that's exactly to the point that if you're not, if you're accepting this, if you're accepting the food supply being subpar and, and being so manufactured, I mean, it's just, we, we take a beautiful grown ingredient and we just desecrate it with processing. And so I wanted to ask you the first question, how does processed food behave in the body? So we'll take like cookies. I won't even pick on any particular manufactured cookie, but when we're eating processed cookies or cakes or, you know, any of those things, white flour and sugar, and what is, what's happening when we take that into our bodies? So what happens in our bodies is, especially sugar, our body knows flight or fight. So as soon as you start ingesting refined sugar, your body says, hey, in foreign invader, foreign invader, you know, send out the troops. And, you know, immune, immune systems on, on, on guard now because there's a foreign invader in your system. And this happens with white processed sugar. Um, in fact, there was um, a study done at the Applied Biology Institute in New York City where the researcher put the sugar in the people's hands. By just holding sugar in your hands, your body knows, hey, there's something not right here. Mm. Something's not right. Sugar is, when I mean sugar, I mean, sugar, like white refined sugar, yeah. cane sugar, beet sugar, refined sugar, yeah, sugar like that. That is one of the most detrimental things for your body. Your body literally starts the aging process. The more of this sugar you increase the oxidation, the, the aging process, it's like a chicken 
that you put into the oven and after two hours you pull it out and it's all crispy and dried up on the and the skins and everything that's literally the metabolic process that your body goes through by eating this junk food and especially sugar mm. you just start this 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 aging effect and, and premature aging you know the body's designed to live a lot longer and a lot and much higher quality health yeah. than than we're doing yeah and you know there's some really good books out there on and some really good cultures out there that 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 live to be you know 100 years old and they live to be in good health yeah they yeah. you know the, 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 the these these mountain men in russia they you know climb up the mountain after their sheep they jump into cold water they're 80 years old and the average 30 year old american couldn't keep up with an 80 year old right um, right and and there's always a common denominator in all of these things right it's like i said to me there's no silver vault it's lifestyle it's quality of food it's it's just mental health. Um, mm. It's just a lot of the fresh air, all this great quality fresh air um, that these people are exposed to. And you know, so whether you're in, whether you're in in Vilcabamba in Ecuador, whether you're in the the Caucasus Mountains right in Russia, um, so there's these groups all over the Okinawans. But as the younger generations come in and things get more Americanized or Westernized, like in Okinawa, mm. McDonald's comes in, you see that grandparents are great grandparents are burying their grandkids that they're burying their kids yeah. and they're outliving them by far because of what's been happening the infiltration of this you know the great american burger you mm. know to a mm -hmm. small community that has been doing fine for its ever since its existence yeah and, and, and it's, it's frustrating so these foods that we don't think any that most of us don't think anything of that just think oh this is normal like how many you can go on youtube right now and, and look up hamburger museum old 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 mcdonald's burgers and see people that have been saving burgers for 10 years yeah. they've been saving them for 10 years and the burgers look brand new like nothing's wrong with them now when you take real beef at home and you make real bread or you buy real organic bread with no preservatives you have hours before the thing is starting to get moldy going bad the bread right. is getting hard. Um, and it's, 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 oh, you can see it right then and there. And you have to question to yourself, if I'm ingesting food that will never go bad, what's in it? Right. What's going into my system? Yeah. It should pop red. I mean, and a lot of people have seen these videos, these, these videos on YouTube and they've seen these things online and yet they'll still pull into McDonald's. I know. And part of the problem is, it takes a long time to feel the effects of it. Mm -hmm. You don't wake up tomorrow with six rows of teeth after eating genetically modified foods. <laughs> right. Nor may you ever wake up with six rows of teeth, right? But if you saw the effects happening right away of what you were doing, and this is why they do experiments with, with lab rats, because lab rats reproduce very quickly. They can experience similar things to humans. And because the reproduction process is so quick, they could take two, three, four, five generations in a matter of six months right, and say, right. oh, wow, four generations down, there's issues here. And Americans, four generations down is 80 years. And food 80 years ago that our grandparents ate is much different than we're eating right now. The quality of air is different. The cell phone mm. technology that we're putting up to our ears is different. The stuff we're putting in our hair for shampoo is different. The deodorant is different. Everything is different across the board. And nor will it be the same in 80 more years yeah. um, as we're getting into more and more technology and more and more, you know, you know, and of course the idea is well not to not be able to use deodorant, but make you not sweat, which is an unnatural <laughs> process altogether because you have to detoxify. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So we have we have all this great knowledge and 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 technology. And we're using it in the wrong way. Yeah, and we're ignoring the, the and we're ignoring the greatest wisdom, which is our bodies themselves. Right. The exactly. bodies don't need all this engineering business. They, like you said, when you take sugar in, your body says, "Whoa, this isn't good. This isn't good for me." Yep. And so, in that moment, what what does it do? It reacts. Yeah. Now, a piece of fruit, different reaction. Right. Totally different reaction. Your body loves fruit. Fruit is key. Um, you know, and there's a lot, there's a lot of different diet theories out there. And people say, oh, you know, don't drink, don't do dairy, almond milk. And then people say, well, almond milk has this, 
thing in it or almonds have this thing in it, you know, that, that ward things off in the wild and it's not good for your body. There's an angle with everything, right? So you can mm-hmm. find our opposing arguments for every single side. However, we know certain things are totally bad for you. Yeah. We understand that. There's no arguing chemicals. There's no arguing a McDonald's burger. There's no arguing rancid oil to fry things in, which is all oils rancid when you buy it in the store. There's no arguing with so many things out there that you can just simply say, I'm going to start, I'm going to avoid that. The time of day to eat. We all know it's not good to eat at nine o'clock at night and then go to bed at 930. Exactly. We know that. Exactly. I mean, this is this is nothing that, that that's shocking. We right. know it's not good to eat banana split after after dinner, but but, but we do it. But we do it, and that, and, we, and that's always the big question, right? Isn't that always the big question? Why do people continue to be okay with this? Why that they know that they need to get up off the couch and move, yet they'll sit there and they won't. And so, and I'm not speaking like you know from a place of like. I, I've been there too. I've, I make bad choices of food. Sometimes I do. We all um, do. Yeah. And, and I, but I'm aware when I'm doing it. And then the next day I try to do better. But what I do know is, is that like you're saying, we know that eating, you know, processed food, banana splits, you know, nine o'clock at night is bad. We also know that corn syrup, <coughs> right? High fructose corn syrup is a really bad ingredient. Let's talk about that for a minute. What happens sure. when we take high fructose corn syrup into our bodies? Again, a foreign invader, right? Which by the way, people argue both sides of this and they'll mask it up and say, well, it's organic corn syrup. Mm. And I went to Whole Foods to buy it. <laughs> right. So how could it possibly be bad for my body if it's in Whole Foods and it's organic? Mm. It is organic. That's what I'm supposed to be eating, right? It is organic. And so, you know, things get masked very easily. Yeah. Before we talk about the corn syrup, the banana splits, the dessert, Mm. the sad thing is we train our kids. We train our kids, we condition them to eat half of their dinner and then fill up on dessert afterwards. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying our kids never got dessert, but our kids really never got dessert. You ate food. You ate real food for dinner and that's what you got. And you know, there are no cookies in the house. It's all about the environment. People say it's willpower, willpower, willpower. Well, guess what? If the Oreo cookies are in your counter or the apples are on the on the counter, you're going to eat the apples. If exactly. the Oreo cookies are there, you're going to eat the Oreo cookies. Yep. So don't have the stuff around to begin with. Don't condition your kids that, oh, after dinner, we're having ice cream and little Johnny didn't eat all of his dinner, but it's okay. And, and, that's, and then we get to a point where little Johnny's not going to eat anything. And he still wants dessert. And if you're not going to give little Johnny dessert, he is going to throw a tantrum beyond belief. And when you're around people in a social setting, you don't want to be embarrassed because little Johnny. So you're just going to go to a restaurant, let him order his burger, take two bites out of it, throw a fit, and then get his way and get ice cream. And that's not parenting. That's not teaching your kids at all how to eat properly. You're setting them up for failure. You're setting them up for being sick. You're setting them up for a lot of degenerative diseases in the long run, but yet we think it's okay. And we don't think twice of it. You have to teach your kids how to eat. Nobody else, no other teacher, no, nowhere else your kids go is going to teach them. McDonald's isn't going to teach them how to eat. You have to do that at home and you have to hold your ground and you have to lead by example. And if the ice cream does come out, it needs to be organic ice cream. It needs to be local ice cream, non-homogenized, right? It needs to be the highest quality ice cream that you can buy that is going to have, you know, the least detriment to your health and to the environment itself. Because those go hand in hand. Mm, The more the the healthy, the unhealthier food is unhealthier is for us and the environment. Mother nature suffers just as much as we do when we process food. So it's up to us to do this and we can't make excuses and we can't think, oh, little Johnny's going to throw a fit. It's your job, little Johnny's throwing a fit. Be honest with you, parents, it's your job. I mean, it's it's your fault. It's your fault, 100% your fault. Yep. Now back to corn syrup. Corn syrup is one of those things that tricks you into not feeling you're full. Mm. You never feel satiated. Mm. So your body just keeps eating and consuming. 
right. manufacturers love it because you're going to eat more of their product. And of course, you can do a Google search now and find the opposite, and that's not true, and this and that. But because you can always find two angles, right? Mm-hmm, it, this always. is always about people always say, "Well, Marcus, you're kind of wrong." Because I just look this information up. You have to understand that when people, when companies get paid to do studies, it's never unbiased. Mm. A company goes in, the Sugar Manufacturers Association is going to go to company XYZ, big research company, and say, hey, we got a couple million bucks here. Um, we need you to do a study that says that corn syrup's okay to consume. And then now they know what the outcome is supposed to be. <laughs> right. So they reverse, they reverse engineer the, the, the study to get the outcome. Right. And that's how things are done scientifically. It's paid for science. It's paid for propaganda. And you find it everywhere. Now, mm. unfortunately, the small guys, you know, there's no broccoli association that's going to spend all this money on millions and millions of dollars in research to prove that broccoli is this wonderful thing. But there is some independent research out there on broccoli, indole 3 carbonyl, and it's great for cancer. It's all the amazing things with it. So there are still studies, but there's more funded studies that have a specific biased interest in it that are overwhelmingly used or abused out there. And people think, oh, well, corn syrup is fine. What you said, Marcus, you know, there's it's proven not to do that. Of course, it's like the, back to the egg situation. Whether you think eggs raise your cholesterol or they don't raise your cholesterol. If you're eating 10 eggs a week and then all of a sudden you increase your eggs by two, just 20%, and you realize that cholesterol didn't raise that much because maybe your cholesterol is already raised from 10 eggs a week, right? Right. The study is either it's 10 eggs or 12 eggs. So the study headline is 20% increase of egg consumption has zero impact on cholesterol. Well, how about the first 100% of the egg consumption? <laughs> Did that impact your cholesterol? And I'm just using eggs as an example because right. that, that's, a, that's a common way that they do this. Yeah. 20% egg reduction. And then your doctor says, you should be eating eggs. They're great for you. But he never says the free range eggs, the stuff that's not eating oxidized grains, the stuff that's that's eating its natural diet, the stuff that lives, you know, a healthy life. They don't tell you that. So you go to the store and buy concentration camp eggs. Yeah. And sometimes you buy these concentration camp eggs that, that look like they're better because they'll have, oh, given omegas, this, this, or this. And they're all still caged and stacked on top of each other in deplorable conditions. Yeah. And the chickens aren't healthy. So, you know, so everything gets construed to a point where we don't want to, we don't want to process it anymore in our brain because we're just, Oh, I can't handle that. You're telling me too much information. I'm just going to go back to eating my eggs. Yeah. I'm just going to go back to eating my corn syrup. I'm just going to go back to doing this because you're giving because me I've way been too doing much it all along. I've been doing it all right. along. So, and I'm okay. I mean, so what did I take 20 pills a day? I mean, doesn't everybody, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it becomes right. the norm. It becomes accepted. You accept yes. the crumbs when you could have the whole loaf of health. This yes. is a concern because, and, and it's in, it's, it's, it's diabetes, right? So we're, we're not making these stats up. They are out there. We have to start questioning. Maybe you need to change your way of thinking. Maybe all the processed food and the lack of exercise and the lack of peace inside the soul is contributing to this huge global epidemic. And what are you going to do about it? It also circles back to everything is mass produced because we need more, more, more. And everyone's taking more, more, more. And then the soil's being depleted. Everything's being depleted. And now we have to engine, now we have to fix the food that's subpar now because we've ruined the soil because we all need so much stuff. And it's, it can be overwhelming in, when you start to think about it. But I think what you're saying about the, the children and like, it starts with the next generation, I guess, to change it around. And we have to start we as the adults have to start, like you said, changing how we're raising the children and what is good and what is, and if we put the pressure on, ha- the government has to do better, I would think, maybe not. How do you feel about that? The government has to do better, but are they willing to? 
And part of the problem is you get you get all these self-interest groups involved in regulating regular in, in the regulatory commissions, FDA, USDA, CDC, all it's all special interests, and they're all they know how to work the game, and it's set up so they can do their own legislation, they can do their own shenanigans, they can do their they can write their own ticket, and it's right. set up for that. And until that changes, we're not going to have true change. So this is why parents have to have to decipher themselves and make the changes at home themselves, because the government's not going to do it for us. And many governments aren't going to really do, do it for us. However, a lot of governments are much better than ours, where it's so bad to the point that when you make cookies here in the U.S., yeah. the U.S. market from a U.S. manufacturer, and that same manufacturer sends them to England, per se, or to Germany, they reformulate the recipe. Because yeah. they're not allowed as many additives as we're allowed. Exactly. So the company, it's not like the company has to, has to, has to, <laughs> has to reinvent the wheel again and start <laughs> over and research and this and that, or create new packages. They're already doing it for other countries. They're doing it because they know that, hey, we're going to make money in Europe and we'll just take a few of those ingredients out and reformulate it. Right. So you have, to, you have to really have advocates or activists out there making changes and making enough noise and getting enough petitions signed and boycotting products enough. The real vote is with our dollar, with our wallet. That's the vote that counts the most. Yeah. And the more people you get on board are saying, we're not buying your product. Right. These companies will change because they will, you take their money, you take their power, mm-hmm. but you have to have a collective initiative for this. And there's a lot of great people out there that have made lots and lots of changes. I mean, one person was responsible for getting MSG out of baby food. And that one person Mm. spearheaded it back in the 70s. So it takes one person. The food babe, she's gotten a lot of stuff done. It's one person. She brings awareness to it and gets people on her side and calls manufacturers out. So that's the way we make changes by that, by creating our own initiatives and taking away their money and exposing them for what they're doing. Yeah, definitely. And also as a collective society, we have to understand and find out that you don't have to have a disease or an imbalance that takes away your quality of life. And so now you have to take 20 pills in order to just make it through the day because your joints are killing you. Your GI tract is destroyed. You have diabetes, you have autoimmune diseases, you know, this kind of consciousness needs to change it. That's not normal. That's not okay. And it even goes one step before this, before the pills. Yeah. Coffee. It's not normal to have all these cups of coffee all day. This isn't normal. Right. Um, people think I can't function when I have my coffee. Well, you know what? That's the first sign of that. Hey, you're not doing something right in your body. If you need a stimulant yep. to get to just... If you need a stimulant just to wake up, I can't sleep at night. I need it. You can't sleep for other reasons. You can't sleep. It's not because you're the coffee. It's other reasons why you can't sleep. You're you're eating too late. You're not going to bed enough time. You you know, there's something else out of whack in your system. So it's just a cause. It's a domino effect. One thing after another, after another, after another, after another. And, you know, so, you know, there's always a gateway from one thing to another Mm -hmm. is, is, is what this is. Yeah. And do you feel, so we'll talk about specifically diabetes. Let's just talk specifically about it. So type two diabetes is almost always, almost always related to obesity. And so the American, I don't have the statistics on the the American obesity rate. I don't know if you do, but it's high. It's high. High and it's rising. Yes. And how can we go about this in this short little podcast to explain what kind of food would be good? If you have type two diabetes, you were just diagnosed yesterday, say, and you are listening to this podcast and you say, wow, this is scary that I'm part of this statistic of, you know, and I, and I am overweight and I am not moving my body and I am down in the dumps. And so what can I do? What can I eat? What can change this around for me? Sure. So that's a great question. Now, again, everybody's different. Right. And if I were to develop type two diabetes, mm-hmm. I would really look at my diet. Yeah. I would, because a lot of people are going to now say, well, it's not my fault. My, my father had it. My, it runs in my family. 
It's 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 genetics. They're going to blame other things because their doctor's not going to give them really the true advice they need. But realistically, it's your fault. It's your mm-hmm. fault 100% of why you're in this predicament. So if I had type 2 diabetes, I would go through my whole diet. I would create a log. And after a week or two weeks, I would look at things. And you don't need to be a nutritionist, a dietitian. You don't even need much common sense to say, okay, the donuts are bad. <laughs> the, 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 the Starbucks coffee is bad. The French fries are bad. The steak, huh, should I really be eating a 12-ounce steak three days a week? Maybe I should cut that back a little bit. Maybe I should get rid of the three previous things. And let me fill in now with things that I know that are healthier. So, for example, drinking more water, obviously. Mm -hmm. Getting exercise. Those two things are going to help you with, they're going to help everybody with everything. More water, exercise. But I can't exercise. You can still move, do something, do something. And then all of a sudden, let's replace that steak that we're eating three days a week with maybe one day a week and have a piece of wild caught salmon the other two days. Let's now, gee, I haven't had any salads all week. Uh, Salads are healthy, aren't they? Let's add in two salads this week. Let's add in three salads this week. Okay, I'm not eating breakfast. And then all of a sudden I, I, I crash at noon and I snack on this, this, and this. Well, maybe I should eat something to stabilize my blood sugars at, at, in the breakfast to get me through. So I'm not eating a horse at noon because I'm so hungry, right? right? Mm-hmm. And that's where I binge eat the French fries and I go, you know, leave the office and go wherever and just grab a slice of pizza. Oh, wow, I eat three slices of pizza this week. Okay, so that's kind of wrong, the pizza, right? So you just have to analyze what you're doing. Yeah, start replacing. Again. Start replacing. Yeah. You know, some people handle this very well when they do hundred percent change mm-hmm. and say, that's it. And other people, they have to slowly increment things in. Mm-hmm. And that's just based upon how you react to things. Sure. I'm the kind of person that, that says all or nothing, right? All or nothing. Let's do it. Yeah. And that's just my personality. Right. Now look at your home. And if you have the Oreo cookies, get rid of the Oreo cookies. Yep. Get and stop buying them. Like you said, stop buying them. If you don't have stop. them. You're not going to eat them. You know, it's your environment. Your environment is so key. And that's the thing really with like kids again. Yeah. If your environment as a kid is to get away with eating, not eating your dinner and getting and getting dessert, yeah, that's your environment. Your parents yeah. create that environment for you. It all goes back to that. If the environment is, hey, you know, I get dessert like once a month, then that's the environment. So having a bowl of fresh fruit on the counter. And they come by and they're just grabbing the strawberries and they, they're not even thinking about it. If that's all that's there, they are so happy with, in fact, I don't know about you, but have you ever had a party and you get all these like cheese doodles? Cause you got a bunch of kids coming for a birthday and you get all these cheese doodles and potato chips and cookies. And then you have one of those fresh fruit platters every single time the fresh fruits wiped out, fresh fruits wiped out. They know, they, they know. know, they, they know. like it. They know, they know. <laughs> I would show up, I would show up to Justin's Little League games with a big thing, a two gallon thing of diced up watermelon. Yeah. You know, because that's oh, what I yeah. would I give some to Justin and all of a sudden the kids are like, I want watermelon. I want watermelon. I want exactly. Watermelon. Yes. It's just not there. So they right. just don't even think about it. And the box macaroni and cheese. And, you know, a lot of kids are home when their parents are working. They can only make certain things. They have a lot of frozen stuff. They have to, and it becomes, Nobody's cutting, you know, just eating an avocado out of the shell, out of the skin. It's so and, good. And, and if, you took, <laughs> if you took an avocado to like a football game and sit there and cracked it open, people look at it like, what's wrong with that guy? Like, exactly. Like, like does yeah. he live in the jungle or something? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, maybe if you bring guacamole, maybe people might be a little more interested, but yeah. Let's talk about for a minute. And these are serious medical conditions. Like we're, we're, we're laughing and, and kidding around and stuff. And, and because it, it, it's serious business. I mean, that's why you and I are talking this morning because we care. We really do care so deeply. And we have families, we have children, we had, we have parents, we have grandparents. We saw, I have to speak to my father for just a brief moment because he is quite an enigma. He really, truly, he's, he'll be 89 in a couple of weeks and he rides his bike about 20 miles a day. And 
he is he has a zest for life this man he's physically 20 miles a day he rides 20 miles a day at almost 89 that is amazing it is amazing and he eats now he he was born and grew up in the depression they were very very poor and so very basic things were all that were available to him right there was no fancy stuff so they ate very basic you know you grow your stuff you eat it and he he so he eats a lot of fruit a lot of healthy stuff he just that's what he likes he he, i know he's not really thinking he eats other stuff too but he he really the minute the doctor says you know your your cholesterol is going up a little bit okay don't worry i'll get i'll take care of it with diet i'm gonna and my exercise and right away wow the man like and so my father does not take one single pill in his whole life in his whole life marcus and amazing it is amazing. He's had a couple of health things where he needed surgery to fix, but and he, he did smoke. He gave it up a long time ago, but he's happy too. He's so high on life. My father, he just, he appreciates the beauty of every day. And so I use him as an example because that's astounding that you're that age. That, 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 yeah. that right. That right. There's the American dream. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and we might say this is amazing, but that should be more normal. Yes, exactly. that should be that should be more of what is expected in life. Yep. That's what I said earlier. They're making us live longer, but they're killing us earlier. Right. Right. We're not living. <laughs> anything. And, and, you know, and this goes physically and it goes mentally. A lot of people cannot wait to retire so they can sit around and do nothing. Right. Sitting around and doing nothing is the worst thing. Our bodies are designed to move. Our body, our brains are designed to think. We have these large brains for a reason. Yep. When you don't use your brain, you waste it. When you don't use your body, you waste it. When you don't, you waste things. And these are things that, you know, just to be alive as a human today, we're extremely blessed. Yeah. Extremely blessed. We got one shot at this. Yeah. And it's just a lot of us are just making excuses and and accepting this subpar sub level. We're accepting sickness. Yeah, we're we are accepting, yeah. accepting what the doctor tells us. Yep. And you know, I tell people don't get a second opinion. They're like, oh, I'll get a second opinion. No, no, get a different opinion. Right. Second opinion can be the same. Get a yes. different opinion. You need a different opinion on on your health, on, yes. on your blood work, on everything. Different opinion. Yeah. I can only imagine receiving a diagnosis that is a chronic situation can be a chronic situation. We'll talk about maybe a little bit of autoimmune disease. There are so many invisible illnesses out there today. It's fibromyalgia, um, lupus, MS, RA, you know, just to name a few of where does it come from? Where did it originate? well, here's your prescription, take this and you'll feel better. But what about the root? What about the root of the issue? How did this start in manifesting in my body? And how can I go back to the root and address it? Exactly. How do you reset? Yeah. Yep. yep. How how, how do you reset? So in Ayurveda, we call that a panchakarma, where it's a complete cleanse and reset of the body and kind of starting sort of from scratch and getting to the root cause. And of course, there's always a physical component. There can be a nutritional component, but there's also an emotional one. Many, many times and people just don't want to talk about that either. Right. You know, it's it's like fixing your car. If your radiator's leaking, you don't just keep pouring more antifreeze in. You find out where it's leaking. Exactly. And you fix the leak so you don't have to keep putting more antifreeze in. Right. And this is like taking even a Tylenol for a headache. If you have chronic headaches and you're taking Tylenol all the time, yeah. there's just, it's not normal just to have headaches all the time. And it's not normal just to take Tylenol, you know? So, and it's sometimes this stuff is not easy to figure out, right? but it can be something simple. Like I'm not drinking enough water Yeah. Right? or there's a funky chemical in my cereal in the morning. That's giving me a headache. Right. And that your body just happens to be sensitive to or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So I just, I think from this podcast, I hope that, and I I know you're on board with this too. I hope that people will just start to wrap their head around these statistics, 
not want to be included in any of them because you deserve better. You can have better, but you've got to be your own activist and your own healer, your own researcher. And you have to love yourself enough to go and find answers when you just don't like the sound of something. Now you said on our first podcast that you were having some health issues, some imbalances, and you went to the doctor and the doctor was going to hand you a prescription, mm-hmm. right? And so yep. go ahead and speak on that just briefly. What, what was your reaction? Well, you know, I took the first couple, <laughs> right? And then at a certain point, I'm like, I, I this isn't good. Like I, I, this is not good. I'm taking another prescription and it was for cholesterol at 28, 29 years old. And I said, no, I'm not taking it. He got upset with me. I said, I don't want to take it. And I, you know, I had heard both sides of the store and cholesterol meds. And he goes, you have to. And I said, I don't want to. And he goes, okay, I'll give you 30 days. Go do whatever you think you're going to do blood work wise, as far as your diet, let's do a blood sample in 30 days. But if it doesn't improve, you have to take it. Yeah. And most people would have never even got to that point with your doctor. They're just said, okay, I'll take it. Sure. That's it. I'll that, take it. That's what we're talking about here. That's exactly what we're talking I'll take about. It. So, yep. and you know, if you're willing to say, I'll take it, you should also be willing to say, what are the side effects? What are the downfalls? Should I be supplementing anything else in my diet? Should I be taking anything else? Because is this depleting my body of anything? Right. And people don't have these conversations. So like, for example, statins are known to reduce the body's CoQ10. Mm. For a long time, statins were giving people problems with their legs, um, wasting away their muscles. And my father experienced this where he couldn't walk up and down his driveway anymore because of the statin drugs. Mm. And the doctor doesn't tell you, oh, load up on coenzyme Q10, necessary for your heart because statins deplete that out of your system. They don't tell you that. They don't give you an antibiotic and say, okay, in between the antibiotic, I need you to take a massive strength probiotic to balance out the harm that the antibiotic's doing. Even though there's good the antibiotic's doing, it's also doing harm. And they don't tell you any of these things. In fact, if you had the conversation with your doctor, like, hey, doc, should I be taking a probiotic? No, 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 no. That's the first thing they say. No, 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 you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to mess up the antibiotic. So they're just not educated on a lot of this stuff. And the doctor I used to go to, who's retired now, he would give you the antibiotic and the probiotic. Mm. There's a prescription to both. You take the antibiotic here and you take the probiotic here in between. And you need this so you can recover from the use of the antibiotic. Right. And most doctors aren't like that. This is like I said, when I said, get a different opinion, don't get a second, get a different opinion. Because you're going to get a lot of the same opinions and they're all just, you know, (laughs) Mm. not worth what the paper they're written on right so it's a shame but yeah so just understand that there is a consequence to everything you do and there's a reason why and everything's connected the domino effect yeah and you know most and i know that there are some situations where people have to take medication but like you said in the interim what while you're taking it maybe do some research on your own to find out like you did. Okay. I'll take it, but I'm going to do my legwork to try to change this around, get to the root of the problem so that I don't have to live on this drug, whatever it is, right. because we're, we're curing one thing and we're causing 10 other problems at the same right. time. Another and question I would ask your doctor is, okay, doc, you're giving me this medication. What is it like to come off of this medication? Mm. Like, is this a medication I can just stop all of a sudden taking? And you ask your doctor and then you ask the pharmacist because a pharmacist is really going to be more probably versed on, on getting off of the meds right. and say, okay, so what, what now, now that I'm getting this prescription, what, like, am I taking this for the rest of my life? What if I want to stop one day, right. you know, and these are legitimate questions you should be asking as many people as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of high blood pressure out there, a ton of high blood pressure, hypertension in people. A lot of it, of course, is obesity related. We're talking about obesity seems to be the, at the center and at the crux of all of this conversation, it seems. And when you're and obese, you're pumping harder. Yep. You're pumping blood through your system at a much harder rate, which is, you know, and when you're dehydrated, mm-hmm. you're pumping through at a much harder rate, right? So- And you're you know, angst. 
and your uh, all the time because your personality type can no i'm i'm totally guilty of this yeah i'm totally guilty of overreacting mm-hmm. getting uptight about situations i shouldn't be trying to be a perfectionist of certain things you know i'm one of those chef type personalities yep. that you know <laughs> right. that you know i'm not per se gordon ramsay right. <laughs> i'd like to see his blood work <laughs> right. <one> of his <laughs> <shows>. <laughs> right. but you know the way you react can make a big difference to all this as well it's again there's no one silver bullet it's a picture of everything we're doing well i think in the beginning right. of the podcast you mentioned in our society there's no time off There's not a lot of time off. And even when there is time off, maybe we're not choosing to really, you know, go someplace or even, even at your home, you can go out in the backyard and just take a deep breath and just look around, stop, just stop for a minute, unplug and just breathe, breathe. Right. You know, but we don't know that the things have changed so drastically in the last 20 years. This piece of device right here, this cell phone right here has literally changed our whole culture. Yeah. 20 years changed us drastically. 15 years changed us drastically. So now all of a sudden your spouse texts you and you don't get to text them back. And all of a sudden now your spouse is like, why aren't you texting me back? Why aren't you answering me? Where are you? What are you doing? You're ignoring me. Who else are you texting back right now? You don't don't text me. You know, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. (laughs) None of this is on purpose. Right, right. <laughs> Relax. Right. Yeah. You know, and we take, and then you text message somebody the wrong, the right thing, but you can't tell the context of something. Right. And then There's, it's yeah. taken the wrong way. And it's like, <laughs> you'll sit there boiling for an hour. Like, I can't believe that person just texted me this. Like, what do they think? I'm stupid. What are they, you yeah. know, just like yeah. pick up the phone and call and find out. But right. before, you know, now it's like, you're waiting for an appointment. It's like, this person's five minutes late. You know, they haven't texted me either. How rude of them. <laughs> 20 years ago, you couldn't do that. You couldn't text it's somebody. You, you know, you waited for somebody at the movies, yeah. at the fair, you know, and you've got no personal hour, space, like ever. After, after <laughs> half an hour, then you'd be like, okay, I guess they're not showing up. But now it's like, where are they? They're not answering their phone. They're not reading my messages. What's wrong with them? Exactly. And it's just, I know. And then the person on the other end is like, oh, oh my gosh, I, they're messaging me. I'm supposed to be somewhere and I can, and they freak out. Exactly. Yeah. And so it raises the blood pressure. It raises the emotions. Yep. And, and and that's across the board. It's like jobs are stressful. Home is stressful. Every place is stressful. And that's why I do the line of work that I do, because I will use this opportunity right now to say, go to yoga, learn how to breathe. <laughs> you, you forgot how to breathe. Believe me, we all did. We all did. Because we're in that hypervigilant state all the time. And so we're shallow breathing all the time, which is taking years off of our lives just, just because we don't know how to breathe. And just shut your phone off, get on your mat, and just go inward and quiet down. Give your sympathetic nervous system a break. Activate your parasympathetic nervous system and chill out mm-hmm. for your life's sake. There are so go for a walk, play with your dog outside, but chuck the cell phone away for just give yourself a half an hour, an hour. Marcus, I thank you very much. I really do for spending time that we could go on and on. I know forever about this. Maybe the next time we talk, we'll make up some recipes. Maybe we we should talk about, maybe we should take each season and talk about seasonal foods. So Ayurvedic. So right? foraged foods, as well as, as, you know, foods from the farm, things like that. Yes. Seasonal, organic, unprocessed, right. local soul food. That's what we need to talk about. So it's the middle of January right now. Our very first wild food in the Northern hemisphere um, will be maple water within oh. another month right now. Maple water will be flowing. I don't know what maple water is. It's what makes maple syrup. I love maple syrup. They'll be out there. They'll be out there tapping the trees in another month, right? Middle of February is typically when they start tapping trees, uh, beginning of February. And that's when the, when the, when the water starts flowing and that water that comes out of those maple trees is so pure. It's filled with electrolytes, all kinds of nutrients. And you don't even have to wait for it to become maple syrup. You just drink the water. Wow. I did not know that. Yes. 
And so they bottle it up and sell the, the maple water. You can bottle up and sell. They do that. However, if you know somebody who does maple syrup, let's just, just say, hey, tree. fill up my gallon for me. Fill up my gallon jar of some maple water. And wow. it, if it's not pasteurized, of course, it's going to go quicker. So you have about a week on it, week shelf life on it. Okay. And it's going to taste mild, very mildly sweet because it has a sugar content, which is why it makes maple, maple syrup. Yeah. Um, and uh, filled with a bunch of really good things for you. Wow. There's, see, we could, we, we could just go on. That's a great idea. And that's what we'll do. The next podcast, we'll talk about eating seasonally local and we'll, and you can maybe share some of your amazing recipes. Marcus is the owner and chef of Aroma Time Bistro in Ellenville, New York, a amazing, beautiful, mindful, healthy, organic, unprocessed restaurant that is, once you go there, my kids always said it was just so funny. Whenever we would go there to eat for dinner, when they would leave, they would always say, I always feel so good when I leave there. I don't feel heavy and, you know, like weighed down. I, I feel like I feel good after I ate. And it wasn't like there was a lack of food on the plate, but it was nutrient dense. Nutrient dense. Prepared with love. Lots, no, no, no chems <laughs> and preservatives, right? Yeah. You couldn't digest. Exactly. Right? So yeah. that all that makes a massive difference, even right down to like sun-dried tomatoes that are loaded with sulfites and glucose and oh, dried apricots and all this stuff that's just, everything is loaded. So I really like what you said about mindful. We really look at every single ingredient. Yeah. And if I don't personally eat it myself, I don't bring it in. So it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not our deal. Yeah. So anybody, if you're in the New York area, um, Ellenville is like about two hours North of New York city. It's worth the drive. It's a beautiful drive. And Marcus and his lovely wife, Jamie, um, are just beautiful and their children and you'll just love it. And so I thank you so deeply from the bottom of my heart for sharing your wisdom and your time and your passion as I share with you, we've got to turn this around. We really do. And we can, we can turn it around. Absolutely. Absolutely. We just have to have the desire and the willingness to do it. Absolutely. A hundred percent. This was, this was awesome. And I can't wait for the next episode. And uh, I'm very glad that you're, you're doing this podcast. Thank you. So enjoy your day and I'll be in touch soon. And I thank you yeah. so much, Marcus. My pleasure. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you would like to experience healing or give the gift of healing to another, please go to my website, www.hamsaholistichealingandayurveda.com or email me at sherry at hamsaholistichealing.com or you can contact me on Facebook, Sherry Berjanski. I offer Ayurveda consultations, Reiki energy healings, reflexology and Ayurveda foot massage, tarot card readings, angel card readings, and much more. If you found this podcast helpful, please share an episode so that we can spread this wonderful wisdom of healing. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, take care. Namaste.